Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. <laughs> Boom! It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. Ten yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, still on the airwaves, even though people did not believe it. I don't even know what episode <laughs> we're at. Um, we have an epic story for you guys this week. Um, a spot in stock, 227-inch giant. Gosh. And you can just hear the excitement and the emotion in this guy's voice. One thing I really want to shout out is his humbleness You know, through the whole thing. Um, Ryan Boyer, man, shout out to you. You killed an absolute giant. You're showcasing the story in the right way, trying to motivate other hunters to get out there. Um, thanks for coming on, man. It, it was awesome, and I really, really liked this episode. It, it was. You guys are really going to enjoy this. Let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to start out with VIP Broadheads. Um, we always say VIP Veteran Broadheads, but it's actually not VIP Veteran anymore. <laughs> um, VIP Combat and Veteran and Adam, but... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the combat veteran again. I am like, I'm really upset that I didn't get to send it this year. Um, you sent it, yes. Pretty jealous. Next year, you I'm sending it, at though. least three or four. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to film it at least, but I'm sending at least three or four. But blown away by the performance. Um, just can't say enough about this head, guys. If you guys haven't seen it, um, check it out um, at VIP on our page anywhere. 
um, VIP.com. Um, you got the VIP veteran broadhead shout out. Yeah, this week's shout out is Jeff Black. He was in the Army for 16 years, and um, in that span, he had some specialized training. And uh, 16 years is a long time. Yeah, that is. That's a, so, that's a long that's a long haul. So. You know, make that commitment multiple times. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, I know a, a lot of people it, listen to the politics right now and what's going on. I just want to shout out everybody in the military as a VIP shout out. A lot of stuff going on right now. Um, we got friends that are like potentially like, hey, man, I might be going. So anybody that has deployed or is on the edge, just a shout out to you and your family for keeping us safe, letting us do this podcast. You guys mean the world to us. And uh, I, I'm so glad that we partnered with VIP and are able to do that shout out every episode. It's a small token, but uh, I mean, people, the veterans that we do it for really, really appreciate it. Yes, They're they blown away by it. And uh, I think it, it's a time we need to just, if you see a veteran hat or anything like that, active duty, shake their hand. It, I don't matter. It don't matter if you're at the gas station or grocery store um, and just appreciate their service because it's something that they did for, for everyone, for your family. So. And it's going to have a big impact on their day. Yeah, it's going to well. really brighten their day. Um, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but turkey season's getting really close. And if I kill a, de- a turkey, <laughs> I almost said deer. That's the only thing I, I just want to kill another buck. That's the only thing I got on my mind. But if I, I kill a turkey, I like almost have to go full body mount. But like my wife. It's going to hang me, bro. She's going to be like, where are we going to put a full-body turkey? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you got to have one full-body turkey, right? Yeah. At least yeah. one. you got to like, have a strutter. you got to have one strutter. Well, like, well, yeah. on a log or strutting, like, in some moss with a couple of mushrooms or something, you know. This right. one strutter. And then you can have the fans and stuff, you know, or whatever. But you need at least one strutter, I feel like. So, I know you got one coming, and you got a special turkey that I don't have, you know. <laughs> so, he's got the custom, custom turkey. <laughs> Um, but uh, I'm I'm think I'm gonna go for a full body man and, and and just send it and then when my wife's like what's this I'd be like I don't know I don't even know where it came from <laughs> I bought it yeah but uh, uh, all your taxidermy needs Ingram's outdoor obsession um, ECW calls all your custom call needs turkey season right around the corner got the patent on the double side and triple slided turkey calls only person that can have that pretty cool patent um, are you gonna get into the aluminum. Does he have aluminum? He yeah. does have aluminum. Yeah. I've never played with aluminum, man. I haven't either. But uh, might be something to think about. It, something, it, something different. Yeah, he had it at the show, and it's um, it's different. Yeah, I like the. He's difference. such a good caller. He is though. such a good caller. He can just pick it up and just. Yeah, burr, burr, burr. I'm yeah. like, I can't do. It. He hits the slate purr, and I'm like, oh, and then I do it. I'm like, man, that I, I need some work. <laughs> I need some work, bro. Uh, let's see, uh, scent lock. You, can you talk about the infuse at all, homie? No. You can't? No. Okay, well. You know what I can't talk about? I can talk about their socks, though. Yeah, you've been crushing Just, the sock uh, game. Yeah, another solid shout-out to the socks. Um, reasonable price on them. You get three pair in a pack. Um, all different colors. They have that nice compression yeah. to really just support, like, the archer foot. Good for um, working out. Good for hunting. Yeah, you know, it's just a really good all-around sock. Did you know what doesn't support your foot? Rubber boots, bro. <laughs> rubber boots have no support cushion at all, so it's nice to have that tight sock. I got, like, two left. I think I got a three-pack, lost a pair. You know how it goes. Oh, socks? I thought you yeah. talking about rubber boots. Oh, no, rubber boots, I probably got a half a pair left after this season. <laughs> <laughs> Better re- restock right Yeah, I'm going to have to restock at Aldi's, bro. <laughs> Low-key boot, boots, Aldi's. 
All right, well, let's get into the show. All right, we got Ryan Boyer on from Ohio. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, not a problem. Glad to glad to be on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know you you uh you reached out and said that you're listening, and then uh, of course I clicked on your profile picture, and I was like, holy slammer, <laughs> <laughs> killed an absolute mega out of Ohio. So um, immediately, you know, we try to reach back and, and talk to our listeners as much as we can and what's better than having someone on the podcast to hear the story um you know live live over the phone i guess so you killed an absolute giant 19 pointer on ohio um we'll get into that in a second but i uh, just give the listeners a brief introduction of uh, who you are and what you do yes as you said my name's ryan boyer i'm uh, i live out in ohio basically now um grew up from lived in Cambridge, Ohio, over in Guernsey County. Um, a lot of good deer hunting over there. And uh, yeah, I'm happily married, got three children, uh, work a lot, and assistant coach on softball for the girls, and just busy life, man. This adulting thing, uh, you know, kind of gets in the way of some stuff. Oh, but, yeah, man. Sounds like you're real busy. <laughs> work, three kids, coaching. Had a lot going on. Probably hard to get out there in the deer woods. We know all about that, but uh looks like you you got out there plenty good. <laughs> <laughs> plenty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, third third uh, third trip of the season. And uh, yeah. wow, yeah, can't beat that. No, we were, we were wondering is so we keep here in Ohio. Ohio. We just talked about this before we started. Are they all all the giants that we hear about getting killed? Kind of. And just a few counties in Ohio, or is it? Are they getting killed all over Ohio? I would say they're. I mean, back home, well, I call back home Cambridge. I mean, Guernsey County, got Guernsey, Muskingum, that whole eastern side. Uh, I mean, I think Muskingum, which is the bigger county, I believe, uh, produced a lot more uh, booters than. Ohio big bucks than what I would say Green County and, and, and stuff do, which is where I harvested uh, my deer at. <clears throat> um, now, I knew I, that I the just, I knew that the East End, you know, closer uh, closer to us was the was where a lot of the giants that's were West. getting killed. Oh yeah, no, that was East. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's over here's a lot over here's a lot flatter. Uh, there's, there's more uh, wood lots. And I'm sure just like you guys have out there, um, there's more woodlots here. Now, back home, it's you've got a lot more woods. I mean, you still got the farmland and crops and stuff, but there's a lot more hardwood over there than, than what there is here. So. Okay, I see. I was talking east of us, and you were talking the other oh, west side. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Homie gets his east like and I don't west. Know where Ohio Homie is gets at. east and west confused all the oh, time, brother. I, we don't have time to go into that. We got to get this legend story out. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Go ahead and go into the hunt, man. You, I mean, you said it was a third time out, so kind of break down how your season was going, and uh, and then break down the hunt. Yeah, no, no problem. It, I'll be honest with you, it, it was a quick hunt. <laughs> Unlike uh, what Justin said there on the podcast there the other day, uh, it's totally opposite of his. I mean, he apparently watched his for several years. Uh, this one here, just, uh, I, I mean, it was just just there just showed up um i i can give you the long version or you want the short version i mean it's up to you i can well give us the long version we like details (laughs) 
I'll give you, I'll give you everything, man. It, uh, so my day started off. I had to be at work at 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, so I get up, go to work, and sit there. I was up on the weather, look at the weather, see what, you know, we're going to have, look at the extended forecast and stuff. And that particular day, which was October 16th, which was Wednesday, uh, at midnight, it was, it was right around, it was 67 degrees. And by evening time, it was supposed to get down in the, in the forties. And right there, I'm like, okay, we've got a significant temperature drop. Uh, it's raining. We've got all the adverse weather that I love hunting in. Like that's, that's my cup of tea right there. And, uh, <clears throat> I looked at the weather again, checked it, kept checking it, kept checking it. And it just, I just kept getting excited and excited. So. I ended up, uh, later on that, that morning, I ended up texting the, uh, the head softball coach and said, Hey, that I'm not going to be able to make it to, to practice tonight. And he said, that's cool. No problem. And with that rain, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe we'll cancel it anyhow with, with the field conditions and stuff like that. So later on, I ended up texting the wife and, uh, I said, Hey, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to practice tonight. She said, that's fine. Uh, hopefully it'll be canceled. And she said, well, that way you can go home and go sleep anyhow since you've been up since two. And I said, well, I said, I'd rather, rather go hunting tonight than, than get sleep. And if you're married and everybody out there that's married knows that when, when they text back just the letter K and not OK, Full that sang. means, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that right there means, uh, yeah, not too happy, but, um, you're going to go ahead and do it anyhow. So whatever, you know, but. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, she's been through a lot with. When you're married to a person that hunts and fish, fishes, uh, you put them through a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But anyhow, I texted her that she said cool. End up after afterwards, and uh, so I got off at eleven that morning, and uh, I ran home, grabbed all my stuff, got it, got it all put together, I got it set up because I had to pick my daughter up from school at two thirty, and. Luckily, the time hadn't changed, obviously, yet. Time don't change till November. So getting out a little late was okay. So pick the daughter up, drop her off, and uh, throw everything together. I'm headed. I had two stand options that day that I wanted wanted to hunt either one of them, but I just, just wasn't sure which one was going to be the right one. So on my way to that area, I ended up calling the wife back and said, hey, uh, don't forget our daughter's got pitching lessons tonight. She said, I got it covered, don't worry. So okay, cool. She said, I wanna let you know that there's a uh, road closed and it just so happened to be a road that I was gonna be headed to go to one of the stands. And when she told me that, I ended up hanging a right. And I'm like, okay, well, you just kind of slightly made up my mind. So I go hang up with her, head, head to another direction, and it's just bugging me. I'm not sure which stand. So I call my buddy Mike. That we we hunt a lot together, and we always call each other, bounce ideas back and forth off each other. And just on location, you know, what what should I do? What do you think? Here's what I think. This, that, and the other. And uh, we're talking yeah, about four minutes, five minutes, and I'm going past another spot that I have that I have no stand or anything. It's just a a spot where I go and I, I it's about a about 35, 40 acre uh, CRP plot. 
and it's uh, it's thick, and I can get elevated and get up good in glass, build good glass on it. And uh, so I told him, I said, man, I said I'm just gonna I said, I'm just gonna pull over here. I said I want to walk the truck. I want to head down and go to my elevation spot that I can get to that I always go to and, and observe. He said his last words were, "All right, man, let me know." I said not a problem. So get all my stuff together, knocklers, bow, my Hoyt, by the way, and uh, range finder, and I, and I head off. I got about an eighty yard walk to where I where I'm elevated and where I can get get up good and see see this whole field. And uh, so I was literally there probably three minutes. And, I, and I'm, I'm knelt down there and I'm just glass and I'm looking. I always start off scanning left and I do a slow scan to the right and I just keep doing that back and forth. And, and I just do it real slow because you never know when these deer are going to pop out or where they're going to pop out or if they pop up. On my second scan to the right, all I catch is a, is a left side of a rack coming up, just, just standing there, white as can be against that CRP and instantly my heart just dropped. I knew, I knew instantly it was a shooter for my, you know, for my liking. I mean, at, at six point could be a shooter for anybody. <laughs> um, so instantly I knew that was a shooter and my heart just started thumping. I, I did that thumping, that thumping going in the chest. And usually when you get that heart going, that, that tells you right, that's your indication that that's a deer right there that, that that's, that's going to do it. So, yeah, uh, we always say that, man. If it gets you going, that's the deer to take. If you're jacked up, then that that's the one to pull the trigger on. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And and, and another key element of that day was we had some heavy winds. We had a uh, ended up being like 23 mile an hour winds, and we had gusts up to 30 that day. So once I saw him, and like I said, I had the wind. It was a, it was a uh, west wind. Once I saw him, I mean, I knew the wind was good, but now it was just getting my six foot three, two hundred and seventy pound body in range to him uh, to get a shot. And and me trying to be stealthy, don't those two don't go hand in hand <laughs> and off the lot. <laughs> but uh, but luckily, like I said, we had all that that rain in the morning, so so walking everything was soft. And this CRP, I mean, these weeds—they're up—they're up to my up to my chest, you know. So, and I—I I start off, I drop off down, and I start walking down. I've got a couple small saddles in between him and I, and um, I just—I just—I I instantly went. I didn't do none of the like, you know. I'm just gonna sit here and see what he does, just that and the other. I—I immediately knew I've got to make a move, and I had the conditions to make the move. <clears throat> And uh, so once I started, man, it was, it was all in. And I, I get going down through there. I got on, I actually got on a trail that the deer had cut through the CRP. And I'm walking through there. And, and like I said, there's a little bit of saddles. So I'm coming up, just getting ready to crest the top of the saddle. And I'm looking, and I can still see his rack. He's just standing there. He's putting his head down. He's feeding. And he puts his head back down. And he takes off walking quietly to, the, to my left. Well, all right, good. So I walk a little farther, and as I'm walking, you know, I'm noticing these big beds, you know, big beds just laying there. I thought, man, I just, I, I pray that I do not jump 
another deer and just blow this whole thing. So, and I think worrying about walking, getting there quietly and, and focused on everything else, that kept me from getting that, I don't know, you get so excited that you just can't, you can't focus or anything like that. I think by me, you know, having to do everything I did kept me focused enough and uh, just kept me calm. So, get up there, he kind of walks behind a, I kind of like to say, a, a, like a small briar thicket in the CRP, and he's still got his head down. He just, I, I see him lift his head up, and he kind of just throws his head up and, and he's tilted back, almost like he's checking the wind, in which it pounded me in the face. So I'm like, there's no way this deer can smell me. So he puts his head back down, and I, I go to walk, and by this time, I'm closing the distance. I'm at like 30 yards. And I closed from 100, 150 yards on into to about 30 yards. So walking, I'm, I'm getting there, getting there. It got to the point where I just, I finally just put my binoculars down because I'm, I'm so close. And I didn't even have to, I didn't have to use the range finder because I knew it was, I, I knew it was within. I got 25 yards from him. He had no idea I was there. <clears throat> He had his head down, and they say practice makes perfect. Well, I religiously practiced weeks upon weeks, you know, just shooting just different scenarios in the backyard, and then uh, released that arrow. And the one thing I recall is how how straight that arrow flew, and then the sound, <clears throat> the sound of that arrow connecting, and it was just unreal. Um, and he, he obviously threw his head up. He took five big hops, and we're kind of up on a, a slight knoll, and he takes them five hops, and he drops down. Well, I'm colorblind, and it's hard for me to see blood, and so I'm that guy that when it's time to track blood, I'm the guy that's usually marking the last blood spot while everybody <laughs> else is up ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, guys, don't forget about me back here. But... Uh, <laughs> So, like I said, he took five big hops and he dropped some off that knoll. So I, I had to pick off running because I'm like, okay, I got to see with six foot leads trying to look down off this knoll. I wanted to see because there's hardwoods on the other side. I wanted to see where he was going to enter just in case for some unreason, ungodly reason there was no blood. That way I could, you know, tell Mike and them what direction he went. So I, I take off running through these weeds and I stop and I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even see him. Where, where did he go? And I look down to my left, and 15 yards, he is literally standing there staring, looking back at me. And it was like five seconds. He just does the wobble, tips over, and it, the rest is, is just Wow, man. Got to, got to see him go down, too. <laughs> I think it could get any yeah. better. I, I think some stuff in the deer woods is just like supposed to happen. Yeah. And like, you know, you said your arrow was straight and, you know, all that stuff, like that pretty vividly, you know, I just think some stuff is like meant to happen. Like that was your deer. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And, and that's all I kept thinking. Everybody's like, oh man, you got lucky. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I did get lucky with this deer. Um, but however, this deer to me was meant to be like, there was no, 
like you cannot convince me uh, any, you know, otherwise that this deer was not meant to be. And, and some people's going to hear this and think, whatever, what, whatever, whatever he's talking about is just foolish. But no, this this deer was meant to be. There's there's no doubt in my mind. I can't, uh, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you got to think of the, you got to think of everything that fell in place. You know, your wife was cool with you going hunting. We know a lot about that. You know, sometimes it just it don't work out, man. You want to get out there, and your wife's like, ah, you're gonna go hunting this weekend. You probably shouldn't go hunting right now. You know what I mean? And that worked out. And then the road being closed, making you take a right, and then me and homie do the same thing you do. We talk and talk about what we're gonna do, and then most of the time it's just like you. You talk about it, you talk about it, and then we just make a sudden. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, if you would have went and hunted that other place, you never, you never even known that deer was there. You know, and uh, uh, if you would have walked in there and and not not stopped and glassed in that certain spot, I mean, there's just so many things that fell into place perfectly. Where, like Homie said, some stuff's just meant to be. You know what I mean? And and yeah, for sure, for sure. You got out there on a windy day, rainy day, where a lot of people would be like, ah, nothing's going to be moving, 30-mile-an-hour winds, I'm not going to hunt, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there's a lot of days where I'm thinking, you know, 30-mile-an-hour wind, is anything going to be moving? But every time that I've hunted in 30-mile-an-hour winds, I've seen deer, so. Yep, and that's that's me. Like I said earlier, that's my type of conditions. I'm weird like that. I don't know why, but. I mean, as long as it ain't thunderbolt lightning, I'm, you know, I'm, I I love that type of weather. I've seen a lot of deer in that type of weather. Yeah, we've and, heard a lot of yeah. stories on here of giants getting shot in the rain or right after a rain. Um, I don't know if it makes them get up and move around and try to get some of that moisture, you know, uh, that's that's yep. on the leaves before it evaporates or, or, you know, what it does. But it does something to them, gets them up moving and, and just like us, you know, with, with three kids, if you get a, a day to hunt, you got to hunt. You know what I mean? Like, you only get so many days yeah. in a year, so you got to take take <laughs> the opportunities when you can get them. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that's spot and stocked a 220-inch deer, but now I do. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's epic, man. <laughs> I was not expecting yeah. that story on this buck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so props to you dude i mean that like like you said you knew you you just went for it you know what i mean and a lot of guys would have you know set back seeing where he went maybe try to make a move on him the next day or something but you did the right thing because you got it done you know and you obviously knew that ground pretty good and knew where those saddles were that you could get down and and kind of be lower but i'm not very stealthy in the woods either i try to be but you know i'm six one you know 200 pounds and and you got another two inches, you know what I mean? And you're trying to weasel through CRP grass. I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. hands and knees crawling. And and like you said, staying focused on a lot of stuff going on, like where the deer is, instead of waiting for him to come, I think that would keep me a little bit more calm too because you have to be – you have to completely tell yourself, okay, I got to be quiet, I got to be stealthy, instead of, okay, he's five steps closer, he's five steps closer, you know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know the whole the whole focus is, is getting in the range. Yeah, and I mean every, everything added up from from the weather to the wind. Um, you know, I'd say the biggest factor for me was the wind. I, I doubt the wind and the rain because the rain made everything softer. You know, she ain't got so much crunch. I mean, there was a couple times I'd snap some of them, you know, them, I don't call them tweet, tweets, but like 
going up there and, and just the, the wind in, in the soft ground was, was a huge factor in, in, in me being able to harvest them. Yeah, I'd say that and was huge, the, man, that wind directly in your face. When you first seen him, was he bedded or was he standing just browsing? No, he was standing just browsing. And like I said, when I went through, I went through their skin through there once and on my second scan, like I said, he must have just lifted his head and he may have been better on the first on the first uh the first time i spent you know went, went to the right um and like i said the second time when i caught his caught his rat come up you know he was he was up he was on the hoof and wow he was and he actually he was out on <clears throat> there's a uh, like a point uh, of, of trees that come out into the crp so he was he was right off the tip of that point and right off the tip of that point in the CRP, there's there's kind of that, that thicker portion of the CRP with, you know, it's got a little bit of uh, briars and stuff, and then a couple couple trees. You know, and they say to focus focus on islands and stuff like that when you are hunting over CRP. Um, so, but I mean, basically where he was at, I mean, was was prime. I mean, he had an escape route if he needed to instantly. Um, yeah, they feel they real comfortable. Big, they, they feel real comfortable in the CRP. Yeah, yeah they don't get that big messing around, not knowing the ground. But um, is this a, is that a piece that you had just picked up, or is it something that you had hunted in the past and just never seen this deer? Or no, it's 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 private land. Um, very blessed and fortunate to have it. Um, coming from back home, you know, moving over here to have nothing to be able to pick up a piece of land like this is 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 pretty awesome and uh if you had told me <laughs> seven years ago that i'd be moving to dayton and and kill the biggest deer of my life uh that i was i said you're crazy you know uh, it's just unbelievable i got goosebumps now telling the whole story again cause <laughs> it's just like reliving it that's awesome man i yeah. like i said i never had and from the other guys i hot too nobody had pictures of this deer and once, you know, once I called Mike and I called my buddy Logan, I'm like, hey, I said, can you, can you get here? I just, I just shot one. I said, he's down. You know, I said, it's, and Logan's like, which, which one? And I'm like, I, I don't even know, dude. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'll be there. So Logan was the first one there and, and he's just like, Dude, holy cow, what did you just do? And I'm like, I have no idea, man. And right then, when, when, when Logan got there and he started talking, you know, looking at this deer, you know, holding it up and looking at it and, and hearing the excitement in his voice, not that I was excited, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, but it just was all, it all happened, it all happened quick. And to hear the excitement in Logan's voice, started getting my nerves worked up i ended up throwing up three times after <laughs> after all that i've been like, there man <laughs> like, like not to sound you know not to sound all you know non-manly and stuff but but i i threw up three times and and i just you know it, it didn't really hit me i mean it did but then once ever you know logan got there mike and and craig and all that and it just then it started really really get you know really setting in yeah that's it's all those memories that you're sharing with the other people you know you're out there by yourself you're like holy shit this just happened 
you're trying to soak it in but when other people get there they start talking about it you start telling the story you're reliving it again Mm -hmm. and then you know you're sharing those emotions with other people that's when i got jacked up i was pretty jacked up in the stand but when when i shot you know a big deer and homie got there i lost it dude i absolutely lost it just you know just like you did you just get worked up and you realize you know you hunt for so long trying to accomplish this feat of just shooting an absolute monster and then you do it and you're like holy crap you know i did it you know what i mean and yeah it's hard to explain yeah, until it till it happens or you're or you're around someone you know when they shoot an absolute monster just something that doesn't happen all the time and for regular guys like us you know in your mind you're probably like i'll never shoot a deer 200 you know what i mean that's just that's what oh, i think yeah. you know I'll, I'll never shoot a deer yeah. that's even close to that you know because it just right the odds aren't in our favor for it to happen you know but yeah and and it's i mean instantly you know when i when i saw him when i saw him go down and everything you know i i paid my respects to him. i knelt down i you know i prayed and, and thanked the almighty up above and and uh, i just I, i'm very appreciative i'm very humble um you know, I just, I'm very, very, very thankful for the opportunity at, at, at this year. You know, it's, it, it goes, it's, it's more than just, to me, it's more than just going out and harvesting one and, and yeah, look what I got. I mean, it's, there's a, there's a connection, all around connection. And I think you would agree too. Yeah. Know, we with, and homie were actually talking about that today. I feel <laughs> like there's guys that are like that, like they're going out, they're trying to kill a big deer. And when they do they're like, yeah, I did it, you know, and that's it. But like for us, there's like a whole process of like when it happens, like you, I mean, you like it, you've really done something like, you know, you, you try to soak in the whole process, take it slow. And you know, it's something that you're going to remember and cherish like the rest of your life. And I feel like there's a couple different types of hunters. There's the guys that kill deer and don't like, maybe they've just killed so many big deer that they're just used to it or something. But I don't know if I can ever get used to not like just cherishing that moment because you remember the other six, seven, 800 times that you're hunting, you know, that you didn't, you didn't harvest or kill anything, you know, and then now you finally did it and you did it on an absolute legend. You know what I mean? And for you, like, I mean, when you, when you first seen him, did you know that he was as big as you, he was, or did you just think, okay, wow, there's a shooter buck right there. No, I actually thought I actually thought it was a another deer uh, we'd been watching for the last couple of years, and I thought it was we named him Dagger, and I thought it was Dagger. And but once you know, once once I got up and like I said, his his head was down and he had it, you know, tucked in there, eating just milling around, and, and then when I released the air, and then his head came up, and it was just like. Oh, that's not that's not the deer I thought it was. You know, either way, I was happy. You know, no matter what, any any choice you make is a choice you're gonna have to live with. You know, so yeah. any any deer, it, it could have been a 130 inch deer, and I would have been perfectly fine. You oh know, man, yeah, spot fine. and stock. I've never spot and stocked one before in my whole entire life, and uh, and to do it on that class of a deer is that's insane man props to you for making that shot like i mean you thought it was a deer that was dagger that you had history with but i'd have been so jacked up at that point when i was 25 yards from him on the ground and i bet you that's why the arrows sound so much different because you're down there on the ground <laughs> yeah. like and when you're out of a tree stand you know the arrow's flying down when you're down on the ground yeah. it's like a parallel so that arrow probably looked like it was just screaming 
And oh, it was yeah. uh, unreal. I just I just envisioned it again, man. I got goosebumps again, man. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, That's awesome, man. I love. I, when you're when you're telling the story, I could just hear like the excitement, and the passion, and the love for <laughs> I it. I try and, not to talk too fast. Try mm-hmm. not to talk too. I'm getting so excited talking about it. You know, it's just, it's just, it's it's a, it's truly an awesome, an awesome ordeal. Like I said, from from everybody else, nobody had pictures of this deer. However, obviously, once you know the guys got there, you know, pictures started being taken. This, that, and the other. We'll come to find out. Uh, a, a kid had pictures of him from another property uh, ended up being a little over a mile to a mile and a half away. He had uh, this deer in velvet on camera several times in the daylight um, in like July and August. And it was just unreal. Unreal. So he somehow knows knows my buddy Mike and got a hold of Mike and said, Hey, you know, would Ryan care if I came down and, and seen this deer? And I'm like, no, I don't care. I was like, I sincerely feel bad. <laughs> you know, I'm at the highest of highs, but then there's a kid that's been watching this deer that, you know, is, is on this deer. And then here I've, I've harvested it. And, you know, I just, I just felt bad. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just me. That's how I am. I just, I don't know, but he ended up coming. He ended up getting a picture with him and everything, and it was just—he was real cool about it. Super cool kids. Nice, yeah. It's it's cool after you kill a deer to to you know people are like oh, I may have seen that deer or I got trail cam pictures of them, and then to kind of get a little bit more history, especially with you with having no history. Then at least you had like you had some trail cam pictures, you know, and you kind of had an idea of where he came from. Um, we've been hearing that a lot, about a mile to mile and a half after they shed velvet. It yeah. seemed like a pretty average transition to uh, to where you I mean, in October 16th, that's a time of year that a lot of people aren't really hunting hard, you know what I mean? But you said you had a cold front, right. so got them up a little bit early. And like I said, I think that rain does something to them. Cause you can remember all the times that we've heard, you know, a rain making them move or get up. You know, and and it's a lot of it's it's those big deer that it does it to too. So something to yeah, something to take in right there. How long from when you seen the deer was it until you made the shot? Just because, like what Cody said earlier, like if if Cody and I were on in this particular situation, I feel like we would have sat there for at least ten minutes trying to either get a game plan or see what he was going to do. So I was just trying to figure out how long it took you to get down there to him. Dude, it literally, like, I made, once I knew I wanted to, you know, to shoot this deer, I, it was like instant. In my mind, I'm like, I've got to make a move because, you know, it's hard to tell what, what he's going to do. And I, I knew he was big. So I wasn't just going to wait around. I, I went to him, and that whole, from from the time I made up my mind, I'm going, it literally was probably 12 minutes. Wow. That was an adrenaline-filled adrenaline 12 minutes. <laughs> How many times did you stop? Did you stop, like, every 10 yards and glass him again? or That's exactly, yeah. I would stop. I would get going. Like I said, I'd drop down in the saddle, and I'd come up. I'd stop when I got to the top. And I'd sit there and watch, and then once I knew his head was down, I'd start start moving again. Was you know I was walking 
towards him, he's moving to my left into some thicker stuff as he's going. So it worked out perfect to where I would walk, you know, I would stop, he would start walking, I would walk, you know, it was just, it was time, it was like timed perfectly. Nice. And it just, unreal, man. Yeah, I'm that just, is unreal. Yeah, I've seen, seen the pictures and I'm glad you came on, man, when I was not expecting this story. So, so that's, like I said, that's pretty incredible, man. Spot and stock a deer in CRP, let alone an absolute giant. I mean, this thing's got so yeah. much going on on the brows. I don't even know. I don't even know what point is the brow and what is a kicker. There's just a lot going on. So <laughs> that's that. That was the same thing said when uh, when they went to score. You know, doing, doing the uh, the green score of it. it was like, okay, where's this start and where's this one stop? Yeah, you know, yeah, I'd so. be doing the same thing. So you said it was two twenty six. Uh, 227 and 5 8s. 227 yeah, and 5 8 And it was a, it's a, what, what is it, mainframe? Mainframe 10? Uh, be honest with you, it's, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's 42% irregular. I do know that. <laughs> like 50% of the points were irregular points, 42%. That's pretty yeah. sweet. That's crazy, man. It's, it's, he, he's different for sure. Yeah. Now, before yeah, this, was, had you have you you know had encounters or been successful on other other big deer in that area? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I've I've shot two two so far nice. uh, prior to this, and the one last year was actually from the ground. Also, oh uh, wow, it, it's that's a whole that's a whole other story. It was that was that was an unbelievable hunt too, and 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 I'm a little upset with myself because after after last year's hunt. I told myself to get like a Tacticam or, or just even a, a GoPro or something cheap that I can mount on the stabilizer. Um, last year is what happened. It was in a, happened to be on a bean field, an uncut bean field, and there was a buck locked down with a doe. And I watched them for probably 45 minutes and had a couple other bucks come off the hill and started fighting, fighting with him. Well, she took off, and when they started fighting, I took off running and, you know, closed the distance that way. And once they separated that buck that I was, you know, wanting to harvest, he looked like a bird dog looking for his doe because he didn't know she had taken off. So once they separated, you know, from fighting, he's looking for her. And I was on one knee and he he comes 20 yards from me and I shot him broadside. Wow, two giants off the yeah. ground. I've heard of people when they're locked up like that making a move, and I could see why, man. When they're locked up, I don't. They can't hear nothing. They ain't paying attention to anything other it, than. I, I think as long as you don't bump that dough, yeah, I think you're pretty solid. And you can get I, away with I've, a lot. Sorry, I was going to say I've got I've got a whole new respect for for bucks fighting because uh, when I was running up to get into positions, literally they were 25 yards at the time from me fighting. I had my phone out and I was recording with my phone because I was like, I don't even care if I get a shot, but this is just so awesome and something you don't get to see a lot. So I'm recording. Next thing I know, my phone goes black. It died. And I'm just like, you were kidding me. So I heard him throw it in my, I had my hand muff thing on. So I heard him throw it in there, zip it up. And that's when I tucked in to the edge of the woods line on the edge of the bean field. And then he just came, you know, after he bird dog, 
he actually, after they separated, he ran down to where I was standing for 45 minutes watching them, end up running down there, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you just, you have got to be kidding me. But then he made his way back, and he came in, and I can bleed it a little bit, and he came came right in 20 yards, and I mean, he looked right at me, but I was already full draw. And, the old can and, you know, beats him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That can comes yeah, in I, clutch, I, I, man. It, it does unless you're cold. It's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got that weird sound. But. The old long can gets a little stuttery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's I awesome, thought, dude. Couple bucks off the ground. I've never killed a buck off the ground. I've killed a doe off the ground, and it's just a completely, it's a whole another level, man. It's, it's so cool, and especially, like you said fighting like that we're we're 100% for like if anybody's thinking about filming or anything like you said start with a GoPro or a tactic camera whatever because the stuff that you want to sh- like you tell your buddies these stories and they're like nah man that didn't happen you know what I mean and and you're like I no know. I got a video yeah. of it you know and and there's stuff yep. that happens out there that's just <laughs> unbelievable that happens you know we we heard it I heard a doe bleat for the first time ever in my life like right by me and bleated this year and i looked at homie i said that sounded exactly like the can bro <laughs> so i got a whole new respect for the can like you run the can but you i don't i don't like i've never heard a doe bleat like have you homie not until not yeah not but she was like 20 yards and she was just like me i was like well that like someone just hit the can right there you know what i mean so we were blown away but and we got it on video and then a guy messaged us like you gotta be, you know, you gotta be shit me. That it doesn't sound exactly like the can, does it? <laughs> and then we sent it to him. He's like, man, that's, you know. And if we wouldn't have videoed that, we could have never showed that guy. Like, no, man, it sounds legit like the can. <laughs> sounds legit. You're yeah. right. It does. <laughs> man, so yeah, did, that's uh, unreal. <laughs> so, did the wife have anything to say when you when you got home after she barely let you go hunting? Uh, she actually smiled. <laughs> about like my wife she's like oh cool shot a deer took her 227 yeah. inches of smile yeah <laughs> yeah her first word we, we've got this little joke going on when her and i first got together uh i'm a big turkey hunter too well i shot a turkey this was years ago and 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 i called her and said hey I, sh- I shot a turkey you know i was all excited and she goes when are you coming home <laughs> i'm just like okay and and that's exactly what she said you know when, when i talked to her jokingly she said when are you coming home because that, <laughs> that's been our ongoing our ongoing thing you know throughout our you know our, our marriage nice they know how to they know how to give you a hard time that's for damn sure so oh when, for sure when you, you're for trying sure. to explain like what you just did and you're like no i like i did something major here and they just they don't understand they're like oh it's a deer you know i'm like no this is like once in a lifetime, you know, a lot of people don't even get to do that in a lifetime, you know? Like, two, 220 is not even on my Richter scale, <laughs> no, you know what I mean? No. Like, it's not even feasible, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I didn't think so either, but I'll tell you, it, it can happen. <laughs> yeah, so so it, cool it, that you're just like, I'm just going to stop here in glass and, and just check it out, and then boom, you know? Yeah. Like we say, literally never know when, you just got to be out there, man. You got to put the effort in and go hunt and you never know when an absolute giant can show up and just rock your world like that. Yeah, like you you can you can sit and wait for them to come to you, or you can you know try to go make it happen. I like to I like to keep a variety of, 
things in my in my mind of what I can do, and, and I'm always, I'm sure a lot of us are, are like this, where you're constantly running different scenarios through your mind and stuff on, okay, what if this happens, or, or what about over here, you know, this, that, and the other, to, to make it happen. And sometimes you, you just gotta, you gotta go for it. And I mean, obviously that day, for me, that decision was the best decision I could have made. Yeah, 100%. It, 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 it's hard to tell. He may have not even moved from that spot and he may have walked up, you know, back into that point and been gone. And then here I am stuck with trying to explain this, this creature, <laughs> you know, to everybody yeah. like, you won't believe it. It just looked like, you know, it, it was crazy. He had a lot of points and he was huge and he's over 200 and everybody was like, yeah, he's seen a 150. Yeah, exactly. You try to tell your buddies, like, no, yeah. I seen a giant. They're like, okay, that guy's seen a 150, you know, big, seen a big deer, yeah. got him riled up. But, but yeah, man, I, yeah, I would, I would, sounds like that, that property's holding some big deer. So that'd be one I was watching out. And it sounds like that glassing spot you got's pretty, pretty primo, man. So, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's a good, I just, I love that style of hunting too. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's probably because you can see you can see a lot if you can get elevated and, and you can overlook everything. It makes it more interesting because if you're in a stand and you're in the woods, you you mean you've got your range, but you ain't got range like when you're glassing over CRP. Yeah, you know, no, good, no. good chunk size. Yeah, you're just and, you might be able to see 50, 60, 70 yards, and that's about all you can see. And you're just looking at the same t- tree move twelve times. <laughs> oh, that's a deer. No, that's a tree branch. You <laughs> know, but it, when you're glassing, you got all that 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 range to keep you you know keep you entertained and and uh you you can learn a lot of that like too we do observation sets and uh even if you don't make a move on them you know you're like okay all those does came out of this spot and when i thought you know they were coming out over here when i was in my stand but they're actually going up and circling around you know so you can learn a lot when you can see a lot of ground and see how the deer are moving through there but yeah yeah another thing Another thing for me over the years of, of all the bucks I've taken, when you sit down and get to think about it, I'd say, I want to say 90% of them, I was in either a climber or a hanging hunt or on the ground. And I, I say that because I think a lot of times people don't realize the amount of pressure that they put on by going the same uh, you know same uh, hang on stand or ladder stand whatever it may be or ground blind constantly going in you may think that you're not interrupting anything but they those big deer they they know and and like i said that i had to hang and hunt in the back of the back of the truck that day you know i was i had you're prepared for anything yeah that's the same thing we are we try not to go to the stands uh, too frequently we hunt the edges and i'm the same way i feel like some guys have that same stand they killed a buck seven years ago out of and they just hunt that place and then they get lucky like every five or six years you know on a on a nice deer well, and uh just yeah just look yeah, at- and, don't, and don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not knocking that at all because i've done it i'm just saying for me personally i've had better results with a hanging hunt and being mobile and what I like to say is element of surprise. You know, it, it's just boom. Oh, there he is. You know, 
Yeah, in, in the last two years, Cody and I have each had a hunt where we hang and hunted in a spot that there's never been a tree stand. And it literally produced an opportunity at two different bucks. I mean, not like mega giants, but you know, solid 130, 140 class deer. And um, it was all due to that element of surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can get in there like that and they're not, you know, they haven't seen a dude up there, or they haven't seen a doe get shot out of that stand, or they haven't smelt a human in that area, you know, that, that says a lot. Even if it's, you know, year after year, because sometimes I feel like if you, even if you give like a certain area a year break, I feel like they're in there, you know, they just, they don't get bumped for so long. And then just like you said, I, I feel like a lot of people underestimate how much pressure that these bucks these big deer will will handle i think it's very minimal so i'm a very minimalist hunter i feel like if you bump them a couple of times they're gone out of your life you know and but i also think you know everybody says deer have their own personalities but the deer that i've seen and i've hunted um if i go in there and i'm risky and and pressure you know hunt the same stand over and over and over because this is where he's been i've never killed that deer but the deer that i've went in and just I'll move over here. I'll move over here. We're we're only gonna hunt this stand in shotgun season, you know. Um, homie never. He, homie, would you hunt that stand one time? Uh, Free stand. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't hunt it all year when we possibly could have killed a deer back there. But you you can't crush into your best dots early, and just like you're saying. Yeah, that in my hunt too reminded me of. of I, I want to say the old school days. I'm only 35. But I feel like I'm getting older now. But you know, back before before the sensation of the trail cams took over and everything, I mean, for this particular area, you know, it just it just felt it took you back to that day. You know, the days of before cell phones, before trail cameras. It just took you back in time a little bit yeah, for I me on so, how, it all, this, how it all went. You know, no trail cam pictures of them, and you just have this mega there. And then you spot and stalked them, which I think is kind of old, like yeah. old school or of the way of hunting, especially for whitetails. You hear a lot of people antelope, mule deer, spot and stock. But whitetails is, you know, there's a few guys that are out there doing it, but not very many people are doing that style of hunting. So um, I think it's awesome that you're doing it, man, and you're successful doing it. So you obviously have got the skills and the understanding of the land to do it. I just feel like if I did that, I'd look like a clown out there crawling around <laughs> and every deer for 300 yards would be like, yeah, he's out there. He's trying to stalk me again. This dude's a joke. <laughs> well, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to buy a camera now. Cause I'm afraid if I buy a camera, then it's going to be kind of like a negative, like a negative thing. And you know, it ain't, it won't, I won't be as successful at it. Yeah, man. You so never like, know. Well, but I think me and homie said it multiple times. I think those cameras can hurt you sometimes. Yeah. Just think that the deer aren't moving, or the you'll hear it all the time. There ain't no shooters on this property, so I'm not gonna hunt it. And there's a buck going 40 yards behind your camera, just like on the last episode. You know, he said he moved the camera 40 yards, and boom, he he got him back. And for how long do you say? For weeks, he didn't have a shooter on cam, and then mm-hmm. moved it, and boom, he's having shooters. So those cameras yeah. can hurt yeah. you, hurt you, and help you. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm particularly meaning like just like a GoPro or something. Like I'm afraid to get one of those now because I, I you know, like after last year, I'm like I'm getting one, get one. Never did, never did, never did. And then this happened. I'm like, if I would have just got a GoPro, <laughs> it, 
Yeah. You know. But, I just get one if you want it and then just use it whenever whatever you want, you know, if you bring it, big, no big deal, but it's just cool to document anything, you know. Um, we use it like if you see a buck do a certain thing, well, you can look at that GoPro and say, hey, it's, you know, it's October 6th, and I had a buck come out of this area, and he worked through here, and then you have that in, in memory, and 10 years, you can look and be like, hey, man, on October 6th, I had this happen. Maybe I should go try that. So that's another reason we film, right. because it gives you documented history of when you seen these deer and what they were doing and then of course you get to show your buddies and create create stories which is always always really fun yeah. it's a great way to keep inventory too you yeah. know on, on deer well man i appreciate you coming on man this has been an awesome story and i appreciate you spending some time with us on a what what is a wednesday night yeah yeah I, i'm thinking it's the weekend because <laughs> we're we're traveling here but uh Man, it definitely a legendary buck and a legendary story here. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, not a problem, guys. I appreciate you having me and uh, have fun at GATA. Woo! This is the outro, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to edit in some music or something that says this is the outro. So you guys are like, they're talking, there's a pause, and then it's right back to them talking. You know, you know what we need to do? We need to get on the soundboard here, switch it to robot voice, yeah. and then every time, just this is the outro. Yeah, this is the outro, <laughs> and then go into it. But, um, I mean, this story is epic. I actually, like, I got a little bro crush going on with Ryan, man. I really like this dude. We... We had a good talk. Um, that's the best thing about podcasting. You get that half hour before and half hour <laughs> yeah, after right? the, the episode to, to kind of chit-chat. and Just an all-around humble dude. Killed multiple nice bucks off the ground. Um, and, uh, you know, archery equipment off the ground, spot and stock. That's just something you don't hear about, especially on a 227-inch legend. So we know you guys enjoy these legends episodes. Uh, we're going to keep them coming because we – we have a lot of fun doing them, man, yeah. and, and it's cool that uh, you know almost every episode the guys like, hey man, thanks for letting me share my story because everybody wants to hear. You know, all, a lot of podcasts are just the famous guys, and we're trying to find these low key guys that killed a giant, and you might have seen a picture of them, but you never got the story, and you're always like, man, what happened with that buck? You know, and and this is our way of giving a giving a little shout out to the hunter, but giving that deer a chance to shine and, yeah. and tell its story you know what i mean so um we appreciate all you guys listening and kicking that play button make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get to listen to this prime rib every wednesday right off the hot press 11 a.m central time i wish i could do like a sizzle effect right there. yeah that would be sweet I was, I was trying to do it but we need an intern I, to I blew it uh, yeah, you should have. You should have. Should have tried to nail it. Nothing would beat the moose call in the intro. <laughs> no. But um, go out there, pick Ch up some sheds, get ready to put in the work to find a deer that's going to make you throw up. Yes, exactly. That's the goal. Find a deer that makes you throw up. Yes. Try to leave a legacy. Try to throw up and wipe the <laughs> legacies out.